Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. All right, so last week we discussed the fact that one in four U.S. medical students are considering quitting before the job is even done. So I think it begs the natural question that in the year 2023, going into 2024, is being a physician even worth it? Now, I'm going to do this in a two-part series that I definitely hope you stick around for, where I'm going to give the answers on both sides. Yes, I still think a physician is being worth it in the year 2023 and going and beyond. And no, I don't think it's worth it in a year 2023 and beyond. Because I think we have to, we really have to ask that question. If 25% of medical students are considering quitting before they even get the title of physician, then we really start having to look at the career of being a physician as one that, all right, is this the most sought after career? And like I said, I think I have good points on both sides. So we are going to do a two-part series. Next week, I'm going to give the the positive right uh, critique of it, right? The positive argument of, yes, I do think it's okay. Uh, and I think it's worth it still being a physician. But this week, we are going to talk about why it probably isn't still worth it. And, you know, I think some of these reasons we've kind of touched on on various videos here and there, but I figure I just want to kind of line up all of the reasons you may be considering not being a physician for your next career. All right. So reason number one, why you may be thinking about being a physician, being the last thing you want to do uh, as a career is financial burden. Did you know that the average cost of medical school is now $218,000? Meaning that the average cost that you are going to have to accept and just medical school, I didn't even say residency and everything else, but just having to say, you know what? I want to be a physician. On average, you are taking on a $218,000 bill. And for a lot of people, that is not a sacrifice they're willing to make. Because it's a sacrifice that you don't just make when you get to medical school. You have to start thinking about that while you're in undergrad. So while you may be getting loans in undergrad, you have to turn around and say, you know what? I am ready to take on another $200,000 plus bill. So at the end of the day, someone could call me Dr. Pierre. And for a lot of people, that has been having people run away from our physician in droves. It's the reason why we have less and less people who want to obtain the right to call themselves a physician and more and more reasons why students, pre-med students, are not choosing for this profession to be their one that they kind of ride off into the sunset with. All right. So another reason why people are saying being a physician is not for me. And this is this is a reason that I heard when I was in elementary school. Do you know how long it takes to be a doctor? Like that was a question I had. Now, mind you, I had no clue. 
I just saw someone on TV that used to call themselves Doogie Hauser. I said, oh, you know what? I want to be like Doogie Hauser. But when people start having to break down the time, let's say undergrad at best is four years. Medical school is another four years. The residency that you decide, and again, I I think this trips up a lot of people, that after you finish medical school, you still didn't have to do extra years of training in whatever specialty you decide. So if you want to be a surgeon, you want to be an internist, a pediatrician, an OB-GYN, you have to decide, you know what, I want to spend an extra amount of time after medical school. So after the eight years that you had to do, right, and that's assuming that you ran through undergrad, after the eight years that you had to do to get to that point where you can make that decision, you are now about to add another three to eight at best. So the lengthy time of training has really caused a lot of people to say, you know what, I do not want to be a doctor. All right, so if I told you that you were going to work long nights, work holidays, work weekends, all at the expense of everyone around you, and if something were to happen, like let's say the ultimate something, right? Let's say you pass away, and that same profession that you worked long nights, long weekends, all holidays for, they give you about two emails. One email to notify, especially if you work in a hospital setting, one email to notify to say, hey, you know what? So-and-so passed away. Another email to say, hey, this is the wake, and that's it. Sorry to break your concentration. I know you are probably knee deep into today's episode, but do not forget, check out our Lunch and Learn community store, shop.drbarrypierre.com. Remember to use the code EMPOWER10. And make sure you are leaving us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. That is what people who sign up to be a physician are signing up for, for the most part, right? Now, again, obviously, there's some schedule, there's better scheduling, especially the further out you get. But you know that as you are going through the process, you are going to have a period of time where The nights are not your own, where weekends are not your own, where the hours are not your own. And this turns a lot of people away from deciding whether they want to become a physician or not, right? Not having that autonomy to their own time and giving it to a system that does not love them back is a recipe to have people saying, I don't want to be a physician next year. I don't want to be a physician in five years. I don't want to be a physician in 10 years. That is that is writing on the wall that has continued to be, you know, re-exemplified uh, day in and day out, especially when you see how our hospital corporations operate, the way you see our businesses operate. Like when you just look on the news and you see that all the time that is spent in this system of medicine isn't given back in equal love. That's going to cause a lot of people to stay away. Another reason why people are staying clear away from the path of being a physician is the amount of paperwork and administrative tasks that have gotten in between them and the patient. When they decided, hey, I want to be a physician, they said, you know what? I want to be able to take care of patients and do the best for my patients. But unfortunately, the reality 
of bureaucracy, the, the reality of administrative tasks, the reality of middlemen have completely soured that connection. So there is, for the most part, a direct connection to your patient when you're trying to take care of your patient. There are multiple middlemen that you have to you know, jump over, right? Or slide under. Like there's so many different ways you have to kind of maneuver around the reality that is the system of medicine and is the system of healthcare. And it's got a lot of people saying, why do I want to sign up for that? And worse, especially when we talk about last week's article, it has a lot of people saying, you know what, why would I want to continue doing this? Like, like, I've been here. I've run into this brick wall over and over and over again. Why do I want to keep doing this? And they can't find any valid answers anymore. So when we continue to see this erosion of people deciding, hey, you know what? I can't wait to be a doctor when I grow up. That is a huge reason why. You know, liability and malpractice is another reason why people are staying away from being a doctor. I've had personal experience, you know, in fact, I'll make sure I link it in the show notes of times where I personally have been sued for doing everything I was trained to do. And that is very disheartening for someone knowing that they did everything they were trained to do, everything that was in their human, you know, right and mind and body and soul to do for the patient then to ultimately end up receiving some type of legal document saying, hey, you know what? That thing you did three, four years ago, I'm suing you for it now. And unfortunately, that is a reality that a lot of people, especially in this system, but those who want to get in the system are running away from. It's the reason why, it was, when we talked about last week's article, a lot of people are going into healthcare, are becoming uh, medical students, getting that doctor degree and saying, you know what? I don't want to take care of a single patient. That fear of getting that letter, that summons that they're about to be disposed because something they did three, four years ago, right? Someone else doesn't like and a lawyer is ready to run with it, right? That's enough for them to say, you know what? I'm not doing that no more. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre with another commercial break for the Lunch and Learn community members. If you've been asking, hey, you know what, what can I do to get more involved with the Lunch and Learn community? What can I do to get more involved with Dr. Barry? I got something for you. This year, we have launched the Lunch and Learn Patreon community where you get access to a private Discord, access to live Q&As. Depending on the tier you select, you can even become a producer on the show and choose your next topic that you want to hear and even suggest guest so i want you to do right now after listening to this episode of course is join me at drbarrypierre.com slash patreon check out the different tiers and join me in our private discord today and i remember when i got my lawsuit like my my lawyers literally sent me to one lawyer whose main job was essentially to talk physicians off the ledge and saying hey you know what you are still a good physician. You are still a good practitioner. This lawsuit does not make you. This lawsuit will not break you. Imagine we have people who are designed to help get doctors off the ledge after they get sued because 
That is how often doctors get sued. So this aspect of malpractice liability, the costs associated with it, is extremely huge reason why people are staying away from being a physician. Another reason we kind of mentioned earlier as far as kind of bureaucracy, but this really points to the fact that physicians have less autonomy. Imagine going to school for 11, school and training for 11 plus years only to have someone who has a tenth of your experience, if that, to say, you know what, I don't think that's the right decision. Imagine having a computer saying, hey, you know what, all of those long nights you spent in the library doesn't really matter. I'm not approving this test. I'm not approving this lab. I'm not approving that surgery. So the loss of autonomy as a physician continues to erode the confidence that those who are in the field have within the field, as well as eroding the confidence of those who want to get in the field and say, you know what, why am I going to do all of that schooling, all of that work, take on all of that financial burden, only to have someone who did not do any of those things tell me what to do? I'd rather do something different. So that and autonomy is a huge thing. You ask any attending physician not being able to make their decisions or having to make their decisions based off what the insurance company tells them is okay to make is extremely disheartening. It's the reason why a lot of physicians and you're seeing this uptick occur are saying, you know what, I'm not taking insurance. You are going to deal directly with me, a.k.a. direct primary care, a.k.a. concierge medicine. You are going to deal directly with me. I'm going to deal directly with you. I'm not talking to that other guy in the corner, other guy being the insurance company. I'm not talking to them. I make the decisions that I think is best for you and best for my patient. And I don't want that guy in the corner, right, who is just sitting there with their pencil in hand, ready to say no after everything I do to make decisions for me. That's not happening. So I think that's another big reason why people are saying, you know what, this medical profession is not for me. And you know, I love technology like the next person, but I think the rapid ascent of medical technology, electronic medical records, the fact that there's a million of them have really caused a lot of people to say, you know what, what am I doing here? Like the average person really thinks that they can go to hospital A and then go see their doctor and their doctor should just have the records. Because in a common sense type of world, it would work like that. But when I tell you hospital A has a different medical record system than your doctor has, then that rehab has, then that pharmacy has. When I tell you that it is so disjointed and the lack of interconnectivity would drive you wild and it's driving a lot of, especially especially my physicians who are in the field, who are used to having some type of connection, you know, with, you know, their hospital, with their pharmacy, with their local rehab, seeing those connections being broken over just, you know, greed and profit and everything else has been scaring physicians left and right, has been causing physicians to say, you know what, I don't want to do this no more. And the trickle down effect is that when you see a physician who are saying, you know what, that's not something I'm happy with doing anymore. You're not going to be really gung ho to say, you know what, I can't wait to replace that person over there. If the person you want to go to replace 
isn't very happy, why would you sign up for it? And I think the technological advances, the vast amount of medical information that is just around us, like what you used to know like 10 years ago for blood pressure, right, has sped up so fast that you may have to know 50 to 100% more information on one subject. So as time continues to roll and information continues to be processed at such significant rates, you have more and more people saying, you know what? It is not worth it having to know all of that, having to learn all of those different systems that don't even talk to each other, that don't even allow me to communicate with my patient any easier. I'm going into a different field. Like, it's just that. So we have so many different hurdles, again, on our path for people to say, you know what, I want to be a physician, but I think technology is a big one. Technology is good. I'm not going to ever say technology is 100% bad. Like technology is a big reason why physicians are staying away from the field of uh, medicine and why pre-meds and students are saying, you know what, that is not for me. And I'd be remiss not to talk about the money. Y'all know me. One thing I do is I do not run away from the fact that you should be well paid as a physician. But when I talk about the fact that, yes, it takes 11 plus years, you're going to have a ridiculous amount of administrative tasks, you're going to have a lot of middlemen saying what you should do, you're going to lose your autonomy, you're going to lose your weekends, you may lose your holidays. And then people say, all right, how much are you paying for that? So this aspect of, hold on, you want me to do all of that extra work and physician salaries and reimbursement rates are going the opposite direction, uh, I think I can find better use of my time for a decade, right? I think if I had to spend a decade of my time doing something, I want to do that decade of time doing something that's going to make sure not only am I well-paid, right? But making sure that there's not every year reasons for people to try to pay me less. Every year, insurance companies are finding ways to try to pay physicians less for the same work they did the year prior. Every year, new crops of physicians will come into a system and that insurance company will be like, hey, you know what? If you want these patients, I'll give you these patients here for 75% on 75 cents on the dollar. And the person who used to get 80 cents on the dollar is looking like, hey, you know what? You were just giving me 80. Why are you trying to give me 75? Well, that new person who just came into town is willing to take 75 cents on the dollar. So are you willing to take 75 cents or should we give everyone to that patient over there? So what happens? You're like, all right, I don't want to lose my patients. So now I'll take 75 cents on the dollar too. And there continues to just be this race on the bottom. And every time you take less and less, guess who makes more? The insurance companies. Because it's not like the cost is going away. They're just passing the cost on to you. Hey, it cost me five more cents to do what I need to do per patient. Guess what, physician? You're about to take five cents less because I'm still making my money. I'm still going to make billions of dollars a quarter. So you have money, you have reimbursement rates going down, you have uh, physician satisfaction going down. Again, just a lot of different points to say, you know what? Mm -mm. That profession is not for me. And you know, I would not be who I am if I do not talk about the fact that stress and burnout continue to play the most significant role on why people are saying, you know what, that career as physician is not something I want to sign up for. That career over there, like, why would I want to do that? 
life and death situations, especially for a lot of physicians, are what they face every single day. And making those decisions, right, is extremely stressful on a day-to-day basis. Yes, on Monday may be tough, maybe Tuesday's light day. But what happens if Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is all like that? What happens if all overnight uh, situations are all like that? What happens if holidays are all like that? And then when you factor in less autonomy, then you're factoring less pay. Then you're factoring more administrative work. When you keep factoring all these things there, of course, people are going to burn out. And if I told you, hey, you know what? This profession over here has a high rate of burnout, a high rate of stress. Why on earth are you going to sign up for it? Like, how can I convince you to sign up for something that has all of these negatives attached to it? It's going to be difficult. It's, and and, it, and it's going to take like a decade of your life before you start making any quote unquote money. It's going to be difficult to make uh, that decision. And it's going to be difficult to try to persuade someone to do it. Now, again, there's still people going to want to do it. But again, burnout and stress continues to play such a huge role in what we are trying to accomplish in our day to day life that people are just saying, you know what? I'm opting out of that. I'm not doing it. I don't. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. The The title is great or it used to be great, but it, it is not that good for me. And I like I like my life. I want I want my work life balance. I don't want to deal with that stress. I'm going to avoid burning out and I'm avoid signing up voluntarily for a profession that says, you know what? Burnout is common. I'm just going to do just that. So, again, we have so many different cues and points of why people keep saying I do not want to be a physician anymore. And last but not least, I think this aspect of the perception of trust has continued to play a huge role in why people are saying, you know what, being a physician is not what it's cracked up to be. I ain't signing up for it. Whether there is misinformation, whether it is negative media portrayals, whether there is historical relevance associated with it. A lot of people are saying, you know what, that profession over there, it ain't as good as I used to think it was. And as people continue right, to you know, build the narratives, as people continue to have some of those narratives reinforce, you're just going to have more and more students, elementary students, middle, middle students, high school students saying, you know what, why would I want to do that? More and more college students saying, why would I want to do that? I'm not going into a profession where there's going to be a, a, a subset of communities who don't want nothing to do with me, who don't trust what I have to say, who won't listen to me even when I give them, uh, you know, common sense direction. Like, why would I sign up for that? Again, and, and I have to take on that burden of the cost of the school and I have to take on that burden of my, my nights and my weekends and my holidays being left alone. Like being like gone because I don't have them. And because I don't have them, my, the lack of autonomy is just kicking me in the butt. And then I start to answer to this insurance company who makes a billion dollars a quarter telling me that they can't pay me an extra five cents or they won't approve a test that I think that my patient needs. Mm-mm. I'm running away from that. So we talked today about a list of various and I think very good reasons why people are saying, you know what, being a physician is not what it's cracked up to be. And being a physician is not what I'm signing up for. 
for the year 23 on Ford. So stay tuned for part two, where I give the flip side, where I say, you know what? These are the reasons why I think you should be a physician. These are the reasons why I think you should sign up for this career, despite everything I just said today. So stay tuned and check me out next week. Thank you for getting to the end of the episode. I am yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, favorite board certified internist. Like always, remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review, and more importantly, share this to at least two of the five of your friends and family members that you know that could be empowered with the words that you heard today. Again, so appreciative of all you guys' support. See you guys next week.